New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, thank you guys for joining us on our Exodus podcast. This is Pastor Brady. I'm excited uh, to be able to read scripture with you uh, today. We're in Exodus chapter 12, and we're going to begin reading in verse uh, 43. If you were with us yesterday, we came through a section of scripture that's one of the most important sections in the entire story of the Exodus. It's the Passover event where God judges uh, the Egyptians, because of their sin, with this tenth and final plague, and Pharaoh, who is unrelenting, finally relents after the death of the firstborn in all of Egypt. And so the children of Israel are released, and the angel of death passes over the children of Israel because they had the blood of the lamb on their doorpost. And so thou, now they step out into freedom. And so, in a sense, with Passover, the nation is born, the nation of Israel is born and they're on their way uh, to the promised land. There's just some great significance here. But one of the things as we read this section of Scripture, and then I'll come back and make just a couple of really quick comments about, is God doesn't want to miss the opportunity to really burn the truce of what, have, what has happened in Passover uh, to the uh, Israelites. He wants them to remember. For generations to come, He wants them to remember. So in our section that we're going to read today, uh, we're going to see God talk about the restrictions of Passover and how the children of Israel are to celebrate Passover so that they can remember the goodness of God. So let me read this section starting in verse 43 of Exodus chapter 12. Then I'll come back and just make one or two uh, really brief comments. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, these are the regulations for the Passover meal. No foreigner may eat it. Any slave you have bought may eat it after you have circumcised him, but a temporary resident or hard or hired worker may not eat it. It must be eaten inside the house. Take none of the meat outside of the house. Do not break any of the bones. The whole community of Israel must celebrate it. A foreigner residing among you who wants to celebrate the Lord's Passover must have all the males in his household circumcised. Then he may take part like one born in the land. No uncircumcised male may eat it. The same law applies to the native-born and to the foreigners residing among you. All the Israelites did just what the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. And on that very day, the Lord brought the Israelites out of Egypt by their divisions. Now, this is a, a really interesting passage, and there's a lot of um, great truths here that I think can really help us in our, in our life. And so let's dig in just to a, a couple of them. And so it says at the close of verse 43, if you have your Bible still open, look back there. It says, no foreigner may eat this Passover meal. And so at first glance, we can sort of look at that and think, man, I don't know that I like that. You know, this seems to be very exclusive. And so what is God doing here not allowing these foreigners who came out? You know, we remember from last uh, or yesterday's reading that there were... Uh, some foreigners who are non-Jewish individuals who came out with the children of, of Israel uh, out of captivity, and so they're not allowed to eat the Passover meal. And so uh, what is God doing? Well, I think what's happening is they would have watched the children of Israel eat this meal. It would have created an interest, and, and that interest would have allowed them to ask some questions, and the children of Israel would have been able to tell again the great story of Passover and how they could enter into a relationship with this living God. And so 
I think one of the points here is it relates to salvation, and the Passover event really is, a, in many ways, is a picture of our salvation. You see, salvation is available, but it's not automatic. Uh, there are so many people that believe that salvation is, is automatic uh, because they were maybe born into a, a Christian home or or maybe they're a fairly moral person, and so that's just their default position. Salvation is their default position, and that's just the opposite. And so it, it gives the children of Israel a chance to share the truth of God's story uh, to these uh, foreigners. Now, and then in verse 44, it says, anyone, who, any slave who wants to eat the meal must be circumcised. And so um, circumcision obviously carries with it some uh, a bit of uncomfortableness as we think about it, and I think that's why Pastor Nick had me do this this section. Maybe he he didn't want to do that, but you know I, I think we have to look past the awkwardness of this and see the real spiritual significance here because it's really important. You know what what God is saying to Moses is no one can eat this meal unless they have the sign of uh, this covenant relationship that they're in with me. And what was the sign of this covenant relationship? Well, it was circumcision. And so we say, well, how do we know that? Well, we go all the way back to Genesis chapter 17 with Abraham, who's the father of the nation of Israel. And so uh, Abraham uh, believed God, trusted God for this promise that God was going to do through Abraham what was really impossible and bring about all these descendants and and this, the nation of Israel would come through his line. And so as a sign of this covenant uh, that God was making with Abraham, uh, it was going to be circumcision. God asked Abraham to be circumcised as a 99-year-old old man, as a sign of the covenant. Now, so what's really there is we think about circumcision. What is God trying to show us here? What is the point there when a male uh, circumcised? What, what were the Jews understanding with circumcision that on the eighth day, every male uh, Jewish child needed to be circumcised, it really showed the seriousness, uh, the serious nature of sin, uh, the shedding of blood that would have taken place there with circumcision would really talk about the heaviness and the weight of sin, but then it also ultimately points to the beauty of our forgiveness through the blood of Christ, Christ Jesus. So uh, that is the sign. And also what we're seeing is inside the covenant, there's life and forgiveness, but outside the covenant, there's judgment and death. And you can go back to Exodus chapter 4, if you've been studying with us. Exodus chapter 4, there's this very interesting uh, part of the story that takes place when God shows up and he's coming to, to kill Moses. And, and so Zipporah knows why uh, the Lord is going to de destroy Moses because uh, their son has not been circumcised. Uh, it seems as though there was just willful disobedience on perhaps Zipporah's part, or, or maybe even Moses was complicit in that. And so uh, his son was living outside the covenant, and so God is showing the seriousness of that and showing that outside the covenant is judgment and death. So Zipporah, what does she do? She circumcises the child with a flint knife very quickly, and then God relents. And so it's this picture of circumcision as a sign of this covenant, as a reminder that inside the covenant of God is life and forgiveness. Outside is judgment and death. And so for us as believers, you can write this verse down, Colossians chapter 2. Uh, you can pick up there in verse 11 down through verse 13, but it, it talks about in Christ, we've experienced a circumcision of the heart that God has really done a work inside us in Christ to bring us inside this covenant, a relationship with him. 
And then as a sign, it talks about in Colossians as a sign of this covenant. Now in the New Testament age, we're baptized as a sign of uh, this covenant. Now, even circumcision and baptism, they don't fully make sense to us. We don't understand all the implications. But what's so important there is that we trust God. Uh, we love God and we trust God. And that motivates us to walk in obedience. It's obedience that's motivated by faith and love of God. And so that's what's happening uh, here. Now, a couple of our other concepts that I, that I want to touch on. On down in verse 46, and I'll close with, with this. There's a couple things that happen. First of all, at the end of that verse, it says about the lamb, the sacrificial lamb, not to break any of the bones of the lamb. Now, again, uh, this Passover meal is commemorating what God did in delivering the children of Israel out of captivity in Egypt, but is also foreshadowing what God would do when the Messiah would come in the ultimate Passover lamb, which is Jesus Christ. And so when we understand uh, the Old Testament, it gives us uh, so much more significance to our, our relationship with Christ in this New Testament uh, era. So Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice, sacrificial lamb. So we think about the gospel accounts. One of the things that we see in the gospel accounts of, of the crucifixion of Jesus is Jesus, there wasn't a bone that was broken uh, upon his body. In fact, that would have been normative behavior uh, for the Romans when they crucified uh, someone is that they would have broken the legs uh, so that the, the death would come even quicker, that they weren't able to hold themselves up and, and be able to take breath in through their lungs. But Jesus dies before uh, they, they do that, and so his bones are not broken, and that's just fulfillment of this prophecy. And so it's one of the things that we love about scriptures. There's just so many, so many prophecies that are fulfilled in the scripture that really anchor our faith, encourage us in our walk. But let's look at this final thought, and I'll close the podcast out with this today for just maybe a real practical takeaway for you if you're reading this. Verse 46, talking about this Passover meal, it says, it must be eaten inside the house. Take none of the meat outside of the house. And so, really, what is what is that saying? That the Passover meal is, is something inside the home for the family. And this wasn't something that the children of Israel would do corporately. It was something that they would do with their children so that they could be the chief disciple makers in their home, so that they could have this meal, explain the lamb, explain the, the bitter herbs that they were eating to remind them of, of the pain inside their captivity in Egypt, to, to, but to paint a picture and to tell a story about the goodness and the faithfulness of God, and they would do that inside their home. And so I think about that. That's really what the Lord is calling us to do. Inside our homes, our homes are to be places where we display the goodness of God, that we teach our children, our grandchildren, the greatness of our God. And so we live in an age today with so many distractions and so many things that we can be involved in. But, you know, I, I would encourage you today, and this has been a challenge to me as I think about that, this evening when we step back into our home with our family, with our children, with our grandchildren, what are some activities that we can do that could really display the greatness uh, of our God? Uh, to our children, to pass that on and not really give that responsibility to someplace else. You know, really, this is a this is maybe a tough thing for folks to hear. The church is not a place. Uh, corporate worship is not really uh, the place where the primary responsibility of discipling your children takes place. That is always meant to take place in our homes. So let's think about that today as we finish this podcast. Let's make our homes 
a place where we display the greatness and the mercy of our God. I hope you have a great day today. We look forward to being with you tomorrow. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.